We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson, and got a great show coming up for you. Got Rob DiPietro, dead pull hitter, joining me. Uh, we're going to only be talking about catchers on this episode. Uh, I don't really do um, positional previews for um, other positions besides catcher and relief pitcher, but those are the two that kind of um, – are the most interesting to me. And so we're going to spend about two hours breaking down catchers here. Rob, thanks for taking the time. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, James. Thanks for having me always. Um, it's funny because it does seem like it's catcher week on Twitter. I know. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely pouring out there. Um, but I think it's always one of the positions that's most important to you know dive into and like i like how you do the relievers and only the catchers too because when i start my dc prep it's really like i start with relief pitchers i know a lot of people start in other spots but i start there i kind of know where i want to go early and late and everything pivots around that but catchers is uh it's important because i think people um tend to almost punt catchers in a way so um i think it's important to know what true value the catchers bring to your position yeah i you know i uh i've been doing a catcher episode every off season for at least a few years now um to me like catchers and closers in roto um specifically like redraft roto uh catchers and closers to me it's it's kind of where it's all happening uh it's where i feel the most exposed if i don't handle it correctly um uh, there's just so many good options at the other positions it's and i only do one episode a week so if i were to devote an episode to each position i feel like that would be kind of a, a waste of uh, potentially other more interesting topics but uh i could talk catchers all day um you know, I I think it's deeper than ever, uh, or at least deeper than I can recall since I've been playing fantasy baseball. Um, but I'm still ending up with – I've done five draft champions. Those are the only um, 2024 drafts I've done so far. I'm still ending up with two catchers within the first 15 or 14 rounds of those 15-team leagues. Um, just if everything kind of goes according to my plan, that's that's what I'm doing getting two in the first 14 rounds. Um, what's What's been your approach? I know you've been doing 
more you know you've been doing gladiators in addition to dcs um i don't know if you want to spend any time talking gladiators but just kind of what's what's been your approach so far this year uh in your dcs uh, especially first i'll start off by saying i'm pretty sure you wrote an article two years ago telling us about the influx of catcher position and how it'll be at a point soon where not only um would you be considering starting a catcher two catchers but possibly maybe one at a utility because you're saying how how much uh catcher talent is coming up so you you nail that part it's it's all here i've always been a two catcher um like get two good catcher kind of guy um whether it's going really at the top of the pile with you know in in former years jtr Will Smith, uh, the Contreras um, route, and then backing it up uh, with another really solid catcher. I think getting 900, 1,000, 1,100 plate appearances from catcher is huge. It's um, especially even in fab leagues where you don't really have to worry about that on the weekly grind. But this year, um, you know, I've got I've got some JTR early. I got a Will Smith early. I have. Um, that's uh, I don't have any any Adley or Wilson Contreras. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. Um, and then I'm making sure to get at least one of the guys that are in that 130, 140 to 180 range, and sometimes even both of them there. I feel I feel like you have to know your room as well. Right now, there's a lot of the same drafters and draft champions mm-hmm. and gladiators, and you step into a draft and you know instantly who might be double tapping that you know area. I don't like do a full uh you know excel analysis of who might draft who but i i i just try to be be aware of certain guys who like to go that route but um when you're doing several gladiators a lot of people are diversifying anyway but i um i love that range in the middle um so i'm trying to get both of them for sure by then and if it doesn't happen um you know it it's usually because uh everyone just went crazy and went to you know like and it's and i guess it's built built uh dependent too i might be behind on starting pitchers if i went you know batters heavy first and i'm only at one starter or two starters in that range then maybe i'm trying to grab some more depth there at starting pitching but i'm trying to get it all before pick 200 for sure yeah and i i kind of think it's um it's a little different when we're talking about like auctions versus uh, snake drafts mm-hmm. um, because like in an auction you know i i know i can get two catchers i really like right like right. i don't have to worry about where they're going or when they're coming off the board or you know am i picking at the end and worried about a bunch of them going you know i don't have to worry about that in an auction um similar kind of to uh to closers as well i guess um and then you know i think it's it's different too in um the main event I think, um, you know, the OCs, they're, they're kind of different, but um, I'm just kind of thinking ahead to the main event and I can already sort of see catchers maybe um, slipping a little bit as mm. speed and pitching gets pushed up. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you read that differently at all? I, I don't know. That's, that's because there is that, that range that we're going to talk about, the 140 to 180 range, there's there's a lot of 
if it's not catcher in that range, it's 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 people going, okay, I need this second closer or I need my first closer, and they're bumping up some guys there. Or um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of other slam dunk picks around there. So uh, I'm guessing maybe guys who are going to leap that might come from behind there. Um, but it's interesting because I think the main event will will really determine. One thing I hear a lot right now, podcast is my this is my guy, this is my guy, and um, when it comes to big season, we'll see how much he's your guy. That's that's my whole stance. Like I like a lot of these catchers, but when it comes down to putting the high stakes, James, we'll see how much you really like this one player. And I think that will be the thing with the catchers. I think that there's going to be a fight to um, if someone likes Francisco Alvarez more than the other, you'll see him get jumped. Um, just just that kind of favoritism. This is my favorite guy to bunch, and I'm going to make sure I get him. Um, but I mean. There's so much time between now and spring training, right? And and that first draft, the first main, that I can't imagine what the landscape. You know, it's probably not a full tilt, but there's gonna be things that happen that that have us, you know, maneuvering on the fly in terms of rankings and where we want to draft guys. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like I'm already in my head, kind of imagining which starting pitchers are really gonna mm. get pushed um, in March. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, let's just start with Adley Rutschman um, with catchers because mm-hmm. uh, he's actually the guy that I was sort of thinking of with like thinking about how the main event would play out. Um, I I have not been ending up with Adley Rutschman in any of my draft champions um, because that is just he his ADP in the I think I, I went back about three weeks worth of uh, the most recent um, fifteen team uh, NFBC draft champions leagues where it's fifty round draft and hold. Uh, his ADP is is around 52, uh, and I'm basically always taking either a starting pitcher or a closer in the fourth round, just based on the way I'm building. I I think I've gone hitter hitter in four of my five drafts, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just generally in need of of pitching where Adley Rutschman goes. Um, but I could sort of almost envision a scenario uh, in the main event where like the pitching maybe he's getting pushed up so much that I'm on the clock like late in the fourth round or something like that. And I, I look at Adley for the first time, maybe um, what, what do you think about him? Like in terms of just the gap between him and, and whoever you think that the second best guy is. And um, do you think that that is a possibility come, come March or is he just going to be kind of locked into sort of mid fourth, early fourth? No, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with Adley. Um, now that you said it out loud, for him, I think it's a specific case because he's so far from those other catchers. And yeah, absolutely see on the clock thinking, okay, like, um, you know, I think other people have the same idea. Maybe, all right, there's, there's a lot of catchers. That's, that's why I'm surprised he's that high because there's so many catchers available that are good later so i'm still shocked that he's going that high now that not that i don't think he's worth it or or a great player because he is um it's just like you said a lot of times i'm getting sp1 or sp2 everyone was taking closes around two and three last year now they're in four and five so that's where you're getting the closers as well so i haven't looked his way at all um in early drafts i think i got him in one gladiator because i did so many that I was like, let me just have one <laughs> of him. Mm-hmm. But um, it's more going to be toward if he's slipping toward his max. And um, 
I probably think if he's if I'm on the clock in a main event and I have my eyes set on other catcher routes and it's pick seventy plus, um, I I definitely I'm definitely going to be thinking about it. And I think one thing one thing I hear a lot talked about and and but never really followed up on is I hear a lot of people talking about his you know how bad Oriole Park is for righties and it you know we we obviously see the effects it has on batters. Um, but as a righty at home, he has four home runs in 103 plate appearances. As a lefty at home, he has 10 um, in 218. That's a pretty much the same home run per plate appearance level. Um, and he battles the ball 15% of the time um, as a righty at home. And the home run, uh, the, the fly ball distance as a righty is almost 330 feet. He has big time power, right? He, so I don't. I think that gets overplayed into a reason why we don't like Adley is because as a righty at home, um, you know, he's going to be not as good. But uh, look at the numbers. <laughs> he's good at home as a righty. So um, I think he's a phenomenal talent. Just again, there's so much good talent this year. And I think a lot has to do with everyone's trying to beat the next expectation of how to build the best team, right? So we had the speed and flux last year close uh closer stabilized no one lost their job so everyone trying to get now even more things at the top of the draft so um i think i a fine pick i just haven't gone there yet yeah and i i just look at him i guess um i, I haven't gone there either like i said um but i do look at the other hitters that kind of go in that range and i mm -hmm. think he's as good a bet as any of them to like return that value um yeah. The big thing with him is just, you know, last year, 687 plate appearances with a 277 average. Um, just getting that at catcher, like, I kind of batting average is really sort of the number one um, category I'm looking at with all the hitters I'm taking in the first like five to six rounds. Like, I, I'm obviously trying to get power and speed, but I'm yep. probably not going to take anyone that high unless they're actually helping my batting average and yeah. getting that from a catcher just does so much for your, your batting average. Like that's, that's really kind of the, the game changing thing that he brings to the table for me. Yeah. That's it because of the position and because of the amount of plate appearances, even though it's 277, that's a batting average anchor. <laughs> it's yeah. like, but then all those contacts that the batting average anchor, that's so huge to have on your team. So you mentioned you've gotten some JT Realmuto. He has the second highest ADP at the position, uh, roughly 76. Um, you know, we did see some signs of decline last year, uh, but he didn't look washed up or anything. Um, he'll be heading into his age 33 season. Uh, you know, I think we are seeing more options at the position that can maybe get you some stolen bases. Mm -hmm. um, but he is still kind of the, at the forefront there of providing speed at that position. Uh, to me, he's almost kind of like a build specific option where like, if I took say like a Seeger or a Austin Riley or Devers or Vlad, maybe in the second or third round, um, or in, in the second round, really, uh, with those guys. But if you if you end up with one of those guys, maybe you're feeling behind on speed and you can grab JTR and those guys are propping up your batting average. So 
you know, you're not as worried about the fact that he might hit like 255. Um, but is that is that how you're playing it, or are you just kind of loving the cost on him regardless of what you've done beforehand? I think it definitely makes sense to do what you said if if you take one of those non-stolen base guys. Um, it, it definitely helps to take them. To me, it, 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 it doesn't matter what my build is. Uh, I still think um, that he's a premium talent. He's a tremendous athlete. The sprint speed is still very solid. The stolen base at temporary was what it was the year before, and I know it went up league-wise, but he's still got the want to steal. Um, a lot of the value lost for him, James, last year is the fact that, I mean, he went from um, 84 ribbies to 63 ribbies, right? And batting sixth on that Philly lineup, you you think like, oh, yeah, he's definitely losing it. Um, but I think it's one of these um, things that just kind of get a little granular with and you can take for it what you want. But uh, league average and even his career average with runners and scoring position have always been um, very stellar. The league average is 252 batting average with a 750 OPS. He batted six, uh, 205 with a 611 OPS this year with runners in scoring position. I just think that that's one of those things that given the, the same chances again that he had, um, he, that's 20 ribbies that can come easily like right back in that lineup. Um, I don't know, like the, the power is the same, the fly ball distance, the barrel even got... Um, I think a little bit better, right? Uh, the same, but still 11.2%. Super strong. Um, I don't see any fade in the skills, and I don't... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when he's falling. I'm still going to be... I don't think I'm going to be a, a, a year, um, you know, like late on getting out with him at all. I don't get that feeling. Um, like I said, I really love the team contact for him. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still all in on GTR. Yeah, I'm getting kind of like some some FOMO just because I have such uh, I have like some fuzzy I have such fuzzy feelings with regards to JTR because like more often than not over the past three or four years when I've drafted JTR that team's done well. Um, so yeah. yeah, he's not he's not someone I want to be out on. I think the reason you might have more of him than I do is based on the way that you and I go about. Um, attacking starting pitching i think you usually have one more starter than i do mm -hmm. when we get to this round and so i'm usually taking you know like uh kyle bradish here or something like that right. um, as my sp2 whereas you've probably already got your sp2 and you're taking jtr um but i yeah i think you know that was you sold me on him being a good pick there. Uh -huh. <laughs> One thing too, no, I, I just no. want to mention too, like, uh, you know, I'm really looking kind of get extra granular with the barrels and the home runs. Like we look at home run to fly ball percentage a lot. And we look at home runs to barrels percentage. And I look at pulled home runs to pulled barrels and pulled home runs to pulled fly ball percentage. And um, JTR hit 57% uh, of his barrels last year with to straight away. And league average is like 40%. And we know that's like the toughest park part of the park to, you know, um, it's good for extra base hits, but he probably, you know, if he just starts pulling a little bit more of it and he just um, come back to, I guess, 2022 pull barrels, I think he'll, I think, again, everything's in line for him, I think, to have a monster season. And um, there was one draft where he, he you know, I, I, I think it was pick 96, and I just, like, couldn't believe that he was still there. And I, I'll take that <laughs> all day, <laughs> all day.
but I know you like the next guy we're going to talk about the most, right? Yeah, I mean, I I have um, William Contreras is the guy that I have the most. He's my most rostered catcher one. I guess I've got him on two of five teams, um, and it's a lot of the same stuff I said with Adley. It's just right. the the plate appearances and the batting average. Um, I was all in on Contreras last year and it kind of was a slow burn. Like he wasn't, he wasn't killing you um, early on, but uh, I expected a bit more power than he was showing early on. And uh, the batting average was just rock solid all season. And like, just, you know, getting those six steals, it doesn't sound like much, but that's, that's just a nice sort of cherry on top. And um, really one of the nicest things about Contreras is just looking at kind of how mediocre the the Brewers uh, lineup is going to be. Like he's arguably their best hitter, uh, if not one of their two or three best hitters. So, um, you know, definitely think that he can kind of reprise what he did last year from a workload standpoint. Um, And then it's just kind of, does he hit 17, 16 home runs, 20 home runs, 25 home runs. Like, I think that there's, there's kind of like a 15 to, 25 range there uh but it's the batting average and the plate appearances that really drive the value to me yeah absolutely that's uh, that was one of the first things i looked at I mean, um just there's no way he's gonna lose pas because those you know the team is not really great um i am a little i guess not concerned because he hits the ball so hard he's still got a 9.4 percent battle rate but the 55 percent ground ball rate is a little bit concerning and i i was looking at the like the home run production so in 2022 he hit a home run every 19 plate appearances and 2023 was one every 36. um that's a big difference so um obviously we'll get home run to fly ball right it's kind of like a 2021 23 percent 2022 27 last year was 14 percent I noticed that his fly ball distance went down from 347 feet in 2022 to 323. And, th- and and that's, you know, that's a pretty decent drop, 24 feet. I don't know if that's just, you know, I, I don't know if naturally that things that can happen that make it that much. I know the ball does, but I think we were kind of maybe had a semi-consistent ball. It's still above league average, so it's good. But I guess that's what led the home run to fly ball to drop. But like you said... Um, with Adley and with him to 600 plate appearances of a really strong average. Um, if I was confident, like fully confident, um, that that fly ball distance wasn't a thing and uh, the ground ball rate was just at least trending a little bit better, it's just not, um, I'd probably pick him um, first overall out of every catcher. But I think this is the range to take him. For as he is right now, you know. Yeah, you just don't you don't know what he's gonna do next season. Um, it would seem weird to me if he if his ground ball rate kept going in the wrong direction. Like I, I know you he's, hope not, 20, right? <laughs> he's heading into his age twenty six season. I would think you know this would be kind of when you'd be kind of dialing in and yeah. really kind of um, hitting your stride there. But uh, yeah, I just you know high floor. Yes, uh, completely. Well. We'll see where the where the power ends up. Um, Will Smith is is the number four catcher by ADP. Uh, always one of my favorite guys to to build around in in past years. But 
Um, I, I think the the depth at the position, like it, it just kind of makes Will Smith look a little less special to me uh, than than maybe like two years ago, where you just kind of looked at you know what you could expect from him, what you could expect from like whoever the seventh catcher or the twelfth catcher was that year. It doesn't seem like the gap's that big anymore. Um, but he is just so rock solid. You know, you'd have a hard time finding any player who's been more consistent than Will Smith. Yeah, absolutely. He's super, super good talent here. Um, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything he he does on the field that is bad. Um, I know the drop in the power, drop in the home run from 24 to 19. Um, he didn't lose that many plate appearances with JDMs there. He still had 554 um, and a decent amount of DH opportunities aside from that. Um, again, the power rate, 10.3% to 6.7%. So um, I just recently read to when I was digging into him, when I started to draft that uh Apparently, he did play with a fractured rib when he got hit with a pitch on April 30th. Um, And then he also had an elbow injury at the end of July that I think kept him out for two games. Um, But I just think that in general, when I'm looking at the like the pulled fly ball and just the the barrel drop, I'm I'm just getting everything else still kind of in line, except for the old swing. He was reaching a little bit more than usual. I'm just tanking it up to this, maybe that oblique um, rib really kind of affecting that output. And that, you know, I still see him as a, as a strong 20 home run, you know, two two sixty ish batter. And I think landing, not that he needed any help with the lineup, but just landing Otani too, um, <laughs> to bat behind. It's just, it, it became, I think, even more of a oh you know he 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 can drive in all the runs this year, um, I don't know I I, I do still you, yeah. Do you think those fourteen DH starts just get tacked on to his catcher starts, or does I, he lose does he lose plate appearances with Otani? No, I mean I think he goes back to a twenty twenty two. He had one hundred and thirty seven, you know, uh, game started with uh, five hundred and seventy eight. Plate appearances. I think. I think. I think they go to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. I think. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, again, that's if Otani needs like some time off, you know, or hmm. or 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 he really goes to the outfield, like they have mentioned. I'd like to see that, to be honest. But I. I don't know. I don't know the chances of that. But I still like his skill set. I think he's rock solid right here. And I do agree with you, like, because of the other options, it does make him feel less special. But um, don't forget about him. You know? Well, right, like the I mean, he's extremely consistent. And you couldn't really pick a better lineup placement for a catcher right. than where he'll be hitting. Um, he's just not, um, you know, he doesn't have quite the type of like batting average upside as like Rutschman or Contreras or the plate appearance upside really as those guys. Um, So one guy that I've found myself sort of comparing him to is the next guy by ADP, Yaner Diaz, uh, 113 ADP. Uh, Will Smith was at 89. So there is like a two round gap here. So um, 
from Contreras, uh, William Contreras, Will Smith, and then there's about a two-round gap to, to Gaynor Diaz at catcher five. Um, but I just – I look at Diaz versus Smith, and obviously track record you could argue is worth two rounds, but just what I would kind of project Gaynor Diaz to do and what I would project Will Smith to do this year, very, very similar, and there's a two-round gap there. Oh, man. So – as a practice for this and not only this, but um, for a lot of players, I really like a practice that Ron Chandler does every year where he goes through the first round and finds, you know, things that are bad about every pick, you know? I think it's a good thing to do. And so when I hear all the catcher podcasts that are being well done out there in the world and everyone's just glowing remarks for people, I said, you know what? I got to find some bad stuff to play about these catchers because that's <laughs> everything's been said already, James. Um, so here we go with Yannou Diaz. And it's nothing skills related because so what he reaches. That's the only thing. <laughs> he, he's a super he's good hitter. There's no if and or buts about it. My thing is we're all assuming... Later Brown said he's the guy. Of course, he's going to be the guy, but how much of the guy, right? So that's the thing. Um, does he get the 420 plate appearances that Steamer think he's going to get? Or does he get the five plus that, like you said, if he gets Will Smith plate appearances, I think he'll outproduce Will Smith. Um, but I don't know that, right? So here's what you, I don't know. This could be nothing or this could be something, right? So he, Yana Diaz didn't catch any game by Framber Valdez or Justin Verlander last year. So I don't, you know, there's no reason to not be able to work with Framber unless it's a specific no Framber thing for him. Um, and also Verlander, I get it. Maybe it was, you know, mid-season, they want to mess anything up. He had a personal center fielder, so I'm sure he had a personal catcher. <laughs> Um, so that's the thing with Diaz. He caught uh, no gain by Framber or Verlander. Victor Caratini, who the Astros brought over to be the backup, caught 24 of 31 of Kerbin Burns' start. Um, and he also pretty much, it seemed like the common theme, he started the most games with Miley, Lowers, and Teron. Like guys who have like, I think a lot of pitches that run left-right, um, that have up-down. Um, I don't know. I just think that I'm looking at that and saying they, that that just might continue. That just might be he doesn't start any of the Framber games, right? Um, well, any of the – he won't start any – say he doesn't start any of those games while Jordan Alvarez and, like, everyone else is healthy. Right. Well, cause, so that's the thing. So when he DH'd a lot, he had 36 DH starts, right? Um, hmm. But 22 of them came when Jordan was out. Right. So it's not like he was in there a, a, a whole ton when Jordan was when the full team is there. Right. But it's still enough to but, give him but the he, extra. Like he can he goes from either sort of you know, occasional DH work when everyone's healthy, but he then he kind of moves into like he's just in the lineup at DH when they're down a man or two. Right. hundred percent. So I guess that's my thing with him. It's like how many games are we really gonna get? Are you do you think he's gonna crush this? 421 plate appearances that Steamer has, the depth chart that's 441. Like, what do you think he's getting? Think he's getting 500? Um, I think like 
I think, but I, I think, like, I don't really do my own like granular. Yeah. This is how many plate appearances yeah. he's getting. I think it's kind of like four fifty to five fifty. Um, okay. And then, so that's a, yeah. And and like to me, it's like the the batting average is um, so good that like I don't think you're that upset about the pick if he gets to like four hundred fifty. Um, and then there's room to be really pumped about the pick if he gets to like 500. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's a good point that, you know, you don't, uh, you can't just say like he's going to get 550 plate appearances because of how good his bat is. Like that's obviously not how it works. Um, but I do think it, it's nice to have a guy where they're such a good hitter that they're, very viable DH option um, when the when the moment arises. Yep, yep. I just think like um, like in my SGP right now, I have Steamer and Todd Zola's Masters Ball like aggregated, you know. And then um, sometimes I will tweak a number, but not not really with any of the guys up top. I'm just kind of letting it ride um, with Diaz with the like he's aggregated for 460 plate appearances that. Makes him like catcher seven ish, six seven ish. But if you give him five fifty, he goes to number two easily. So I think that's the thing. And and I I'm I don't feel comfortable moving him that high yet. You know. Um, and again, I, I think it's just off of that workload and also too, it's a new coach. And I know like Dusty may have been the problem with him, but we don't know if Joe Spada like likes him either. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. yeah, he is. He's kind of. Uh, he's maybe the most complicated of these guys to to, to analyze. Um, right. Like even of the next ten guys, we're going to talk about like Gainer Diaz. You know, where do the plate appearances fall? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could be. You know, he could be a league winner. He could really. Um, he could really hurt you from like a runs and RBI standpoint. Like if he if he falls short of, of the playing time you're hoping for, um, you know, that that's a bad use of, of that high of a pick. Um, but I, I'm pretty bullish on him. I just think, I just think they're going to want to get the bat in the lineup um, when they can, even if he's maybe not catching as much as some of these other guys. Uh, okay. Before we uh, move on to the rest of the catchers, I did just want to mention that um this is a great time to, to sign up for, for rotowire.com. Um, I've been hanging out a lot on our Discord channel, uh, which is uh, free to rotowire subscribers. If you go to rotowire.com slash chat, um, you know, I, I still like Twitter for, for kind of big announcements and, and releasing, you know, links to stuff. But uh, Discord is just a way better place to actually have conversations with people oh, yeah. about fantasy baseball. And then, you know, the, the top 400 prospect rankings are going to get updated January 15th, along with the first-year player draft rankings and first-year player draft blueprint. So uh, you're going to want to have the subscription if you're playing Dynasty Leagues. And then, you know, even if you don't really care about uh, the prospect stuff or the Dynasty stuff, um, there's so much awesome content on the site. But I will say, like, you need the RotoWire subscription for the projected starters grid in season if you don't get it for anything else. Um, you're just not going to be serious about winning if you don't have that projected starters <laughs> grid. 
Um, so definitely check it out. Um, and uh, thanks for bearing with me through that, Rob. Um, no, without a doubt, man. I mean, I'll talk about those things too for you as well. It's, it's, it's an essential part of the season, like essential, like I live and die off the, off the starters grid. Um, the team functions too, where you can put your teams. That's huge. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. And, and totally agree with the discord thing. Um, and my Patreon is just like-minded people. We're not talking about politics or anything or the world ending James. It's just, we're talking about baseball and it's my space that I go to and everyone's happy there and, and it's 10 times better. So do that, join up, wire, and then join up into the, in James' discord. Cause you're always in there talking. Yeah. And that's uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think people Rob, appreciate that accessibility that you have too. Like that's just such a big value to have. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're in our discord or if you're in Rob's, I'm in, I'm in the pull hitter Patreon discord as well. Um, and the dynasty dugout discord, I'm in, um, Eric Cross's discord. I'm in a bunch of other discords. Um, but like, yeah, if you send me a message today, I'll see it on discord before I'll see it on Twitter and yeah. I'm happy to just kind of help anyone out with their, their dynasty roster, their cuts, anything like that. Um, and love, love the pull hitter discord, uh, a lot of fun rooms in there. I uh, love was posting some draft boards earlier in the yeah. season. So there's uh, nothing to James like um, older men who you know don't know the technology as much. But when you guide them through and they get there, they say, "Oh, this is amazing!" <laughs> you know, and it's like they opened up the brand new world for people. So it may seem overwhelming. It may seem different to you, but um, you know, just 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 hop in. It it's so much fun. Absolutely um okay back to the catcher chatter uh we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These are the only two guys I love together, but I, I kind of want to talk about them together. Uh, mm-hmm. Cal Raleigh, obviously with the Mariners, Francisco Alvarez with the Mets, um, kind of hanging out in that 140 to 150 ADP range. And I mentioned them together because they arguably are the top two power options at the position. And they are also the two worst batting average guys at the position with the yeah. top 150 <laughs> ADP. So it's very clear what you're getting from them and it's very clear what you're sacrificing with them um any preference between these two rob uh, rally and alvarez uh i mean i'm gonna be a little bit of a homer and 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 tilt toward alvarez um in terms of who i would prefer uh to have at that point um but cal rally i mean the 30 home runs i tweeted something out um a while back and Kyle Rowley's 30 home run season 2023 was only the 10th time in the last 20 years a catcher has reached 30 home runs. So it doesn't happen often. And it's it's not it's it's easy to say, oh, Yanu Diaz is going to hit 30 home runs. Like, it just doesn't happen a lot. Um, so Rowley mm-hmm. had an awesome season. Um, and I think that his... Uh, his Babbitt finally ticked up a little bit. Got I think it I think the non-shift helped him. Um, pretty big pull hitter. And um I, I I like the volume. You know, you're getting a ton of volume. Um he starts, he played 145 games. That's really huge. But just like we mentioned with Rally, um uh, with with Rutschman and Contreras, that the huge amount of PAs will will give you a batting average, you know, um like a, just a huge guy at the top he might bring you down because he's got too many plate appearances batting 232 which is not horrible um i think and i think that thing that's the thing too that i think we might overblow like what one player is going to do to your team mm-hmm. it's only a fraction of i mean especially for fab leagues and you know and in, in dc you got to be a little bit more careful but in, you know um it's just only a fraction of your team so don't I've seen people like just not even think about them because of the average, but I think that you're just completely shutting down a player. Uh, it's not good. It's not good practice. But um, Alvarez, I think if man, if he didn't have that dip at the end of the season, oof, like would we be talking about him in a different light, right? And he's a young kid who had like the biggest workload of his career and mentally too probably had the biggest uh you know amount of um things that he had to handle and just handle on the big league staff the pressures of the Mets um you know not not living up to expectations everybody eats that he's a young kid and say oh it doesn't affect him it affects everyone in the team um but I don't know like it, it 
it's fun to extrapolate, but if he would have stayed on his home run prepared parents pace or even a little better, I think if he and you know, if he ends up with thirty home runs, we're talking about him in a different light. Uh, the difference between him and Rowley will be the plate appearances, maybe, you know, um, which why I tend to lean Alvarez because I think if he does match Rowley's output uh, in plate appearances, I think he's going to have um, a much better season. This kid is still so young, James, and he has, I don't know, he's just watching him and his work ethic and his enthusiasm for the game. I, I, there's no... I don't think it's going backwards for him. I think he's going to get better all the way around. I think the 195 BABIP in the second half of last season won't be the case for him. Um, got decent speed, too. I think the two stone bases won't be like something that can grow, but it's not out of the question for him because he's a really athletic dude. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I think Rowley's probably safer because of what he's done, but I think growth stock, too, for Alvarez. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Alvarez. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, actually. Um, now, I was fading Raleigh last year just because I was afraid of the batting average, and I'll take the L on that one. Um, but I, you know, I was actually – it's it's weird to say about a guy who had a 209 average, but I thought Alvarez um, kind of exceeded my expectations for just how quickly the tools popped, like, in the big leagues. I mean – 21 year old catcher and he's just immediately accessing all that power in games um i thought it was really impressive i thought his defense was ahead of schedule uh and just yeah i mean i think sky's the limit for him uh power wise like it, it's kind of a bummer that he doesn't have like a neutral or better home park um mm. to yeah. really kind of get you, you can really kind of dream on the, those home run totals but um you know, I think mid mid twenties pretty easy for him. Uh, upside for for low thirties, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about Alvarez. Um, I took I pulled it up while you were talking. Uh, I have Alvarez on one of my five teams, where he was my catcher one, and I got him in the tenth round, and um, I pulled the trigger on him because I felt I might have even had a bit of excess batting average to work with at that point. Nice. Um, because I started Tucker Seeger and then also had Josh Naylor. Um, so I thought yeah. with that build, I thought it made sense. Um, but generally, you know, I am so protective of my batting average. Like yep. it, it, it does kind of have to make sense for me to, to take one of those guys at cost, but, uh, that makes you know, sense. getting that type of power is, is great. Yeah. Tucker Seeger and, uh, and who was the other guy's that Josh Naylor. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, I get it. You can, I love that build. I love builds like that too. I I really strive to do that, James. And sometimes I kick myself for not doing it enough because later in the draft too, when when you want to take your, you know, your your Drew Waters and your Brent Rookers, it it just doesn't like that's perfect. It, it just makes the team easier to manage in the season too. It's the, I mean the the last part you said is is one of the best parts to me is the in season management. If you yeah. If you have a team that is doing really well in batting average, you know, around Memorial Day, um, it just really opens up the player pool. Um, you can get more kind of creative with your lineup decisions. And then especially in like September, you know, if you head in, you kind of head down the stretch with a nice, you know, maybe a, a small cushion in batting average, um, just really opens up the, the player pool for you. So, yep. uh, and you can't, you can't make it up. Like, you, you know, if you get to, 
Memorial Day and your bottom third of your league and batting average, um, it's probably something you did wrong during the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't blame everything on a- Andrew Penintendi, James. <laughs> <laughs> I would never blame anything on Andrew Penintendi. That, that's when you got to look in your mirror. In the, uh, and that, that was for Toby. Um, Toby <laughs> Yep, <laughs> I should say, Rob, one of the you're one of the founding fathers of the the Champions League. Is that right, or does is that giving you too much credit? I don't know. That's yeah, probably giving me too much credit. Yeah, I I was just very enthusiastic when yeah, Toby very, very brought us up to it. Yeah, and like even when he brought it up in the Vegas dinner, and I was so locked in, I had so many thoughts immediately when he was saying it was just rushing to me, and I was like, oh man, this all makes sense. Because I think like one dynamic too, like it could bring on of like if he's trying to pinpoint, it's just you know how you can just you know m- just play against the best people in the world, and like it can be it could be more than just we're playing fantasy. Like we we have our own personalities, we have our own like signature things, and bringing those out if we could highlight those players in this league is pretty dynamic. I think we're up to fifty four contestants already, and um, I think we're gonna blow past a hundred once everyone um, starts signing up for leagues. Yeah, very excited. I'm just a hype um, guy for Toby. I like, hey, I have the podcast because I know you're not doing it anymore. So technically, you don't have to come out of retirement, Toby. You know, I can do it for you. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm signed up. I already drafted my draft champions leg of the uh, Champions League. So very exciting stuff. I I drafted against you in the Champions League, right? You used the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, you were in the league. Yeah, I was in the league, and I I might. It's it's tough for me to do and say because I don't want to play against you. Um, but I, I, I might be getting into that first main that you're in and I might be using my CLQ for that league as well. So, um, because I don't want to do any drafts online, you know, I don't want to do any means online and, uh, I don't know, but anyway, that would be kind of cool in its own right. If we're both using the CLQs and in the same main, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll find a lot of people doing that. That main, um, for anyone curious is the, uh, March 20th uh 4 p.m main and is that the very first vegas main that's the very first vegas main correct yep and um that's kind of why i want to do it i did it last year the very first vegas main and i i really loved it um just 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 getting that first one just getting off the plane getting in and just getting that first one off you know and just like it's a i don't know i felt a lot better after the draft like okay that was good let's go it's time to rock it was a big big burden off my shoulders yeah, I mean, is uh, if I give myself like four hours from when my plane lands to when the draft starts, you think that that's cutting it too close? Like, I don't want to be just Ooh. super paranoid over like a delay or maybe a cancellation. Um, man, know, man, oh man! I, there? I think you're playing with fire. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm a very I'm a very uh, early kind of guy, you know. Um, if if uh, back in my old <laughs> job we're start we're starting at eight o'clock i'm there like 7 15 because i'm paranoid if i miss a day of work or you know i i would be terrified james honestly I, that's why i think um yeah i'm landing early so i, I i'll have time i gotta give it sh- shouts to uh glenn schroeder <laughs> who uh was in one of my vegas mains last year he rolled in at like like it was like 59 like we were about to start he rolls in and uh he was just 
way out in front. He had uh, Springs and Rasmussen and just injuries uh, took him down. But I thought that was a badass move to just be like one minute before start time and then just start sniping everyone in the room. I thought that was pretty badass. That is pretty, that's pretty solid. Okay, back to catchers. Uh, Sal Perez, mm. uh, 141 ADP. I haven't ended up with him yet. Um, you know, I know that I think he's a good pick here if he just kind of returns what Steamer has for him. Uh, I, I'm a little – my one sort of bias with catchers besides trying to protect batting average when I can is just I tend to not want to take guys who are kind of post-prime. Um you know, what, what do you think about Perez at 141? Yeah, I just, I think, I think he's, he's still good enough where he won't kill you with this pick. I don't think um, he just stops playing because I think even if he's less effective, he's still going to play. You know, he's Sal Perez. The guy plays over any injury and he's been like the face of their offensive side of the ball for years now. Um He's their guy, you know, so I think even with some loss of production, he's still going to play a ton. Um, I can't even imagine them telling him that he's no. not going to play. He He killed me so many times last weekend with Thursday injuries. It's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, he fractured his, you know, his finger. And you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then like, you know, Friday, I'm like starting Connor Wong. Not that he's terrible. He was good on several scoring formats, but then. Sal P plays Saturday and Sunday and he hits a homer and you're like, shit, this guy's a beast. Like he just doesn't, he's a really tough guy. Um, I think that all the, all the things we were always worried about, like the chase rate is, is still, you know, is still going up 47% this year. Uh, no matter how much he swings in his own, that's still shrinking his, his chance of, 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 uh, you know, making good impact on the ball. Um, but the hard hit stuff, like, the rate he hits home runs at 25 plate appearances is still plays that much still going to bring him to 20 plus home runs um so where while i think it's it's not like it's a good pick here i haven't gone that route just because um that downside right can be that he's just not as effective and that this pick just just isn't um worth 140 you know it's more like a 200 pick like yeah FP, so and part of the reason I don't think I've pulled the trigger or even really considered it is just this group of guys we're going to yep. start talking about here. Um, yeah, that's it. So Sean Murphy, before we get to kind of the younger guys, um, he's someone where I I took him in um, maybe like the, the last, the seventh round of, of the meatball too early thing um, as my second catcher after grabbing uh, Will Smith. And I didn't have any Murphy last year. And when we did that first seven rounds, I don't think I'd even realized that he had been as terrible as he'd been in the second half at the time. Um, do you, was there anything in his second half production that has you worried at all? Um, or is it just kind of a first half plus second half equals true talent type of situation with Murphy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I try not to get into that. I tried to remember myself that like one, one half plus the second half equals, you know, the actual person. Um, I think where, 
it matters more is for if you're looking deeper in, in, in draft champions where you're like, oh, I love how this guy ended the season and I think he'll get more playing time this way yep. because he earned himself. And I think that's a very important thing and why to look at first half, second half split. Just kind of see what the coaches saw at the end of the season and it might dictate, you know, even if it's just a full month of first two months of PT, you know you're locked in to something good there. With Murphy, you know, I know there was... Shelly V brought up some interesting stuff about him getting hit in the head on the backswing a couple times, concussions. Um, I think he had a hammy injury too. I think all those things can add up um, mm -hmm. very easily. But, I mean, we also never saw, you know, Sean Murphy batting 306 for a half. I mean, I don't know, like, maybe... Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I always hear about batting average risk of Cal Rowley and Francisco Alvarez. Like, Short Murphy's a 240 career hitter. I mean, that's not great either, right? But that never comes up with Murphy because he's got a good K rate. Um, he hits the ball super hard, and he's batted 250 the last two seasons. But he's got, you know, he's got a 216 season in his two belt, too. So um, I think the team thing props him up. Um, I do love how he punishes the ball to the pole side, too. I'm big into that and crushes the ball in general. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, like, he could have had a first half that wasn't, um, like, the best half of his life, and he could have been what he did in 2022 with, like, 18 home runs um, or 15, per se. I don't know. I just think that there's too many question marks in the PT for him. They're not going to play him what we want him to play, right? And the thing is, if he has, uh, if he does career lines and he's a 17 home run, 250 season, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that special to me uh, because there's that, there's that batting average sink, I think, that we don't really think about too much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's definitely something you kind of have in the back of your mind. Yeah, when you're thinking about using a top 150 pick on a catcher, you know, there's like it's always great when you when you use an early pick on a catcher and it pans out, but then you you definitely kick yourself if it doesn't work out, and then you look back and it's like, oh man, I should have done that or should shouldn't have taken him for this reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's just – he's totally solid. And maybe he's even a guy that I would uh, be more likely to end up with, like, in an auction than in a snake draft if – like, if he got nominated early and there just wasn't much action on him or something because of the more exciting options that hadn't been nominated. Um, but it is – like with Perez, it's hard to pull the trigger on him given how many good options go right after him. Um Auction was so just, funny, James, too. Sorry, yeah. but like, you know, like we have this ability to now get whoever we want. We don't have to worry about waiting and, and oh, there's this glut of pitches I love here. And then you say, all right, when well, I can get all of them in the auction. But right. in the auction last year, I still found myself getting two really good catchers in both leagues. Like I had Romuto and Smith because that was a thing, too, that I was like, well, can't really do this in Snake Draft either. So right. I went for it, you know, um, in Varsho and Melendez in my other league. So I still paid up to get them despite um, maybe not, I guess, having to. I don't know. I still like to do it. I I mean, I'm definitely <laughs> going to pay up. I think I, I mean, uh, <laughs> I told you this, like the, the auction I'm most excited for, um, for just a mixed league auction. Um, is the uh, 500 uh, DC auction. Um, I think 
Waxman's in there. I think uh, Steve's in there. Um, and I'm really excited for that one um, where you, you auction off the starters and then you DC the reserves. Um, and yeah, I mean, like if I can sort of allocate resources to end up with two good catchers and feel really good about my saves in an auction, I will definitely try to do that. Um, yep. Now I wanted to talk about, he, he's not quite next by ADP, but I want to talk about Wilson Contreras before getting to some of the younger guys. Um, I have a feeling he's got a 149 ADP. I have a feeling that you might have some Contreras just based on some of the uh, tweets and podcasts I've I've seen from you this offseason. Yeah, I got a ton of Contreras, a um, ton in Gladiators, a ton in DCs. Um, and I don't know. It's like I saw you in those two. You're mildly concerned about the the player fit like with the team and Marmol and him and just it can definitely be worrisome for sure. I just think that um I think we're I think we're totally sleeping on what he's been doing and what he can do this year. Um I don't know the skill set just continues to get better. Uh barreling the ball more than ever, twelve point two percent his highest career. Uh you know, brought the swing and strike rate down 2% in the last two years. Um, I don't know. He's just, his OPS 778 to 815 to 826. Uh, ground ball rate ticked down 5% last year. So he did what, you know, maybe this was what we can expect from Wilson. Hopefully it doesn't take him to when he's 30. Uh, sorry, William. <laughs> Hope we could do it early in his career. But, you know, Wilson finally got his ground ball rate under 46%. And, um, you know, that's solid. I just think it's an a really solid skill set. He's got some speed. He'll get you about five or six bags, um, walks, just a super talent. And I, I do think that, I do think that um, Yvonne Herrera is going to play a decent amount. He's a really underrated, you know, hitter for sure. But I just think that Contreras finds himself um, DHing on those days pretty much more often than not. I, I as as many guys as they seem to have uh on that team, the Cardinals, and I don't know. I don't see him like I don't see them starting Alec Burleson over him at DH. Um, you know. Uh I just I think he's gonna play a decent amount. Um maybe a little bit more than he's ever had actually and uh run off a solid season here. Yeah, I think when you look under the hood and you look at, I mean, you don't have to look that much under the hood, but just he's, he looks great, you know, especially compared to, um, like I think on a per plate appearance basis, I would definitely want Contreras over Perez and over Murphy. Um, I have like, it's just, it's still really weird to me how it didn't seem like the Cardinals knew who they were signing when they signed him last yeah. off season. And like that just sort of weird marriage between player and team. <clears throat> it's a little something that like, I just kind of, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if something goes awry or something, but like, you know, that was in full swing last year and he still had the, the season that you uh, mentioned. So, yeah. And that's something that bothers you. So like that stays in you. And I, I find that, 
nothing is trivial, James, in life. And nothing is trivial when you're doing your analysis. And if you have this little stupid bias and you can't drop it, it it's real. And if it bothers you enough to stay away, that like, I got to stay away or I just don't have this gut feeling, like go with the gut because if you live with it all season with a mistake you made, or, you're not going to you're not going to like yourself that way either. <laughs> yeah, man, I I I don't know though. I, I don't know if it's it might be like a stupid thing that I'm thinking about with in this in this case. Like I I definitely agree with you. It would be really weird if you were a manager and you were sitting down to fill out the lineup card and you put in Brendan Donovan or whoever over Contreras. But there is one exception where like the Jordan Walker and right field experiment, like that's crazy too. Mm. And he should be DHing. Right. So like he's the one guy where like if he's just a net negative because of his defense by by like mid-May, what do they do with him? Do they just keep playing him in right field? Um, maybe Jordan Walker is is a young, talented player who gets better as a right fielder, and I'm not giving enough credit there. But um, that would just be the one player. Like I don't I don't think it's going to be like we have to like we don't want to play Nolan Gorman at second, but we have to have him in the lineup, or we have to Brendan Donovan in the lineup. But um, the Walker piece is just the one small thing there, but I mean, you know, Contreras, you could finish his catcher one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would think, you know, a guy like Jordan Walker, just, I know he's like, he doesn't have the, like the most grace in the world, but he's a really good athlete and he's super young uh, to me. How does he not get better? Well, he's, <laughs> you know, there's different kinds of athleticism though. I mean, like yeah, he's, yeah he's massive right like yeah. he's a good he's a good athlete for as big as he is but that doesn't mean he's going to be a good defensive outfielder right yeah good point um but yeah I, I mean i think i think i'm more on your side with Contreras than not on your side um okay so like gabriel moreno um just had an awesome you know down the stretch into the postseason just looked like an, an amazing young catcher, uh, 147 ADP in the 15 team draft champions. Um, I think he's really good, and I love the batting average that he's given you at the catcher position. Um, but I want to compare him to to Kyber Ruiz, who's mm. going um, almost 30 picks later on average, and I I just haven't taken Moreno yet because I look at Moreno versus Ruiz, and I sort of think it's a toss-up and one of them is two rounds cheaper uh what say you i'm i'm with you um like i don't have them that far in my ranks um actually i kind of have ruiz yeah, right where marino is actually they're kind of even um yeah, i'll wait i'll wait those two rounds to get him i have i think i got one of moreno in gladiator um just for like a diversification i don't dislike him at all i i i, I like the guys around him a little more for different reasons um but if i want to be really hyper aware of that batting average thing as we talked about maybe i should put a little more stock into that in my brain than to look his way um i mean just super good you know 89 percent zone contact uh Again, but compared to Ruiz, who it, it's Ruiz is like four percent better there. Um, I don't know. 
I don't. I guess I don't know his power output either. And I, don't, I, I guess some people said it, it just doesn't matter as long as he hits two eighty. Doesn't matter if he hits seven homers or or, or ten. I mean, it, um, that matters to me. I, it, I, I think it does. You know, I, I do. And um, I don't. He, I don't like doing the whole build the team. Um, like I just. I, I hate. I hate being that far behind in in homers from from any player. Like if you're yeah. taking a guy in the top two hundred and you're you're kind of openly saying maybe he doesn't even get to 10 home runs. That's a problem to me. Yeah. 100%. Um, they think uh, again, we're, we're talking about some young dudes here in Moreno and Contreras and we'll go like talk about the ground ball rate, but at 55% ground ball rate and a 4.8% bow rate, I can't right now project more power. Like it, it comes in him making more contact and, and it just being able to put more balls in play. That's how volume of home runs comes into play. But right now I don't see um, that profile for him. And yeah, I, I take um, Ruiz plays in a great park. He's now running to his third full season. Um, still only going to be 25. Uh, just really good approach, right? Only only strike out ten and a half percent of the time. Um, I don't know. He reaches a little bit, and I think like once he figures that out, once he gets his pitch more, I think we'll see the barrel percentage fly up, and um, I think we'll I think we'll see a little bit more of what we expected from Ruiz. Like Ruiz, I think has that man. He's not that far from being a top five catcher pick, right? Um, Any. Right? I don't know. I could be wrong. I think he's. I think he's gonna end up being like prime Jonathan Lucroy. Um, mm, like he, okay. And and you were mentioning like you look at maybe second half splits for just you know how a guy finished. I, I look at him especially for like younger guys. And Ruiz hit 300, 342, 467 in the second half. Um, and I and I brought up Ruiz with Moreno to me because um, like when you kind of get into this range, you know, there are some guys with more playing time concerns who probably aren't going to hurt your average, but um, you know, after, uh, after Yaner Diaz, like Moreno and Ruiz are the two catchers where I am expecting them to significantly help my betting average. Right. Right. Yep. Totally makes sense. Um, okay, now let's talk about uh, Bo Naylor, um, who you and I have discussed um, in off lot or off the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's just such a, and we were talking about him kind of more, um, maybe even like before the 2023 season ended, but certainly before ADP came out, just trying to figure out where the ADP was going to be on him, and like, you know, is he going to be like he's probably going to be a like undervalued or a sleeper, but like how much of a sleeper? And um, you know, with a one sixty five, one sixty six ADP, where, how how correctly do you think the market is valuing Naylor? Like, is is he just a total slam at this price, or is it is it about right? I think it's um, I think it's a total slam. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Like, are you that worried about Austin Hedges? Uh, it's definitely a threat. I mean, it's not to say that, uh, you know, it can happen where he just 
kind of doesn't, you know, um, get as much PT as we like for him to get. But I don't know. I just I think I happen. think they brought in Hedges. You know, they they want good defense when Naylor's not playing. But yeah. like Bo Naylor was a good defender last year by some metrics, and uh, so I mean, I I don't know how many plate appearances would you need from Naylor to feel really good about taking him there. 400. Yeah. And if if he gets anything more um I think it that that's where it's going to be. I don't know. I think he has a very good shot if if he gets like 500 plate appearances. I don't think he gets that this year, but eventually he's just going to be it's going to hard it's, it's going to be hard to keep him off the top of the catcher list um cuz he just absolutely raked uh <laughs> last year in that like you know i guess second half of his his season uh, actually no it was just the second half in general of the season five stolen bases 10 home runs 893 ops from a catcher um who's got you know same same genes as uh as, as josh so um no i think i think this could be uh your next gtr you know for fantasy yeah. baseball yeah, he's got such a high ceiling. Um, yep. And uh, more, you know, for people that play in like OBP leagues, um, more, even a higher kind of OBP uh, ceiling than, than a batting average ceiling. But, um, yep. you know, the, the speed is is very alluring. Uh, he, you know, when he gets a hold of one, like he's got huge power. Um, and I think he's just going to keep kind of growing into that. Um, is there, is there, bus potential here like do, do you see a way where this kind of goes wrong just from a performance standpoint like you know i think 400 play appearances i think is there if he stays healthy but like is there a way that could you see him hitting like 200 this year uh i don't think so um i mean he's just shown such great i don't know he just seems like in in just in the last two years in AAA, and in the majors, um, just the K rate, contact rate. I find it hard for him to be able to just become like this two hundred hitter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, because I think even if it goes down to two twenty, I still think you're getting fifteen fifteen, and I like that's like what Varsho did last year wasn't like what we wanted him to be but it was still valuable in a sense because it was from a catcher position you know and um but yeah i don't i don't think i don't think he's gonna go into that he, level of where he, he can be like an average sink he reminds me so much of varsha from two years ago um yeah right like I, I think it's sort of uh it's it's gonna be one of those like if if nailer's having a good spring training and we get to Vegas in March, like, you know, there's going to be sort of some, well, I, I can't take Bo Naylor at pick one <laughs> or whatever, but like there, there might be people taking him there. Um, so, you know, just yeah. getting the, the chance for like 25, 15 from catcher. Um, that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, um, absolutely. So speaking of 25 homers, like Logan O'Hoppy, he's got a, I think he's got that type of, power potential if you were to just play a full season just given the uh the depth chart yeah i mean this is i 
I talk about not not um, allocating different plate appearance projections. Um, he's he's one I changed um, <laughs> because I, he's no way he's getting four hundred and twenty plate appearances. Uh, he played pretty much every single day after uh, a torn labrum repair, right? He came back, he played all the time. He's someone whose team stinks, and mm-hmm. even when he doesn't catch, he's gonna he's gonna be the H um, on on most days. I, I I actually I actually think he's he's gonna be third in plate appearances for catchers this season behind Adley wow. and, and, and Contreras. He's, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see anybody else on that team playing over him. Um, he's shown an insane power ability. And also, he's my kind of guy. He's a, a dead pull hitter, and he crushes the ball pull side. He he hunts the inside pitch. That, that's what he does. He, he, and, he, and he acts on it. And he doesn't really... Um, <laughs> make a mistake on those pitches um the last year 15.6 percent power rate uh 14 homers and 199 plate appearances. i think he smashes the 400 plate appearances and um if there is a uh i'm probably gonna take him i didn't do many prop bets last year i took about six but i'm probably gonna if they have one of like home runs for catcher leader i'll probably take it for him because i think he is going to lead all catchers and homers this year Wow. Yeah. Bo, Bo Naylor is my most rostered catcher too. I don't have Ohapi anywhere, but it's not for lack of trying. It's more just, you know, you have this, this run of guys, they usually go within the span of like 20 picks or whatever. And right. um, so like if I'm taking Bo Naylor over Ohapi, like Ohapi's not coming back to me probably um, unless I'm picking on the end. And uh, I think even in one of my leagues where I got Naylor, Ohapi went ahead of Naylor. So um, Ohapi would be a, a prime auction target to me. Um, right, right, right. Because if he stays at, like at this area, um, it, it could be a, a, a very good price for him. Um, if if someone in the room doesn't feel how I feel on him or if someone in the room's like, oh, I know Rob loves him. And I mean, that happens. Listen, that, that happened, it happened last year in drafts and it's part of talking about who you like, but, um, always got back. Plans. It, That's the I thing. don't know if it, 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 it does. I don't know if it happens to me, um, that much, but, um, uh, there's a lot of catchers. So yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'll tell you which ones I like and you're not gonna be able to, you know, keep price enforcing me on all of them. Yeah, 100%. 100% right. So, uh, Jonah Heim, you know, one of the more boring guys mm. within the top 200. Uh, just, my, you know, I think that was Jonah Heim's career year for fantasy to me. Um, going up to 95 RBI. Uh, previous career high was 48. And then he, he hit 258 after previously not having a better batting average than 227. Um, obviously, you know, good defender. He's going to play. Uh, do you do anything with Haim here at 172? Is he just kind of tough to buy a guy that's clearly coming off a career year? Yeah, I, I, I haven't. This is the one guy I have none of in this area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's – so there's a lot of – there's a lot. There's, a, there's some reasons why I do like him, and overall, you know, Donnie Donnie Ekber, right? Is that how you say his name? Um, came over as a hitting coach, and 
you know, like he talked about it last year too when Heim was playing really good, and he he said, you know, it it it's like a it takes more than a year to have these guys get implement their you know uh, his program and guys have guys buy in, and so I think everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, Don Heckler, man, Don Heckler, like, yeah, he got a little better. Heim, right? But like Donnie Ecker wasn't responsible for the the 95 rubies. He wasn't responsible for having all those guys in front of him to drive in, right? Um, what's crazy, James, like I, I read out like so GTR had um, the season with runners in score position, um, 139 plate appearances, right? And 32 ribbies, right? Jonah Heim in... Um, 129 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. Do you want to take a guess how many rivers he had? Um, wow. Uh, since it's a leading question, I'll say he had 48. 84. That was 84. a stupid guess by me. Yeah. 84. He, he, his WRC plus was 200 with runners in scoring position, 375 average, a 1.126 OPS, um, which that's that's insane. Are you, saying, Good luck. are you saying that's not a skill he owns? That's not a skill. <laughs> Having guys in front of you, like the good lineup, but always driving them in is, is, is I mean, you got to be, you got to be, you know, <laughs> That's a that's impressive, you know. So I don't know. Um, that's again, I mean, again, like yeah, we're we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and like yeah, he got a little better. Bow went from seven to eight percent, you know. Um, and but everything else, like the fly ball rate, stay the same. Um, I don't know, like nothing really changed. And if you if you just give him the twenty twenty two season, some like 16 48 i think that's what he's gonna do i think he's a 17 home run 55 rbi guy who's gonna bat like two 245 um and that's not like I, I the other guys around this area have have a calling card that i'm way more into than his so the next guy um luis campusano um just kind of on my my prep for the <clears throat> early dcs i did i kind of drew a line sort of under Campusano is like, I wanted him to sort of be my worst case catcher too. Um, and I successfully got someone who is Campusano or better as my catcher two in four of the five drafts, uh, failed in one of them. Um, I just think he, like the depth chart, like they're, I've been low on Campusano in the past because I thought the defense was going to cost him um, playing time, but I just don't see any way that, just based on the depth chart that that could really be the case in 2024. He was awesome uh, down the stretch. You know, he's got a long track record at AAA, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I think with uh, Moreno and Ruiz, you can draft them and you're like, these guys are definitely going to help my batting average. Uh, Camposano doesn't have the same type of uh, track record where I think you could just be like, confident that he's going to help your betting average uh, to the same extent but i do think he is um someone that I, I expect to hit you know 260 270 something like that um what do, what do you think about Camposano here just outside the top 200 in terms of adp yeah i think if you um you know another great tool to utilize is the rolling average graph and if you just look at his terms of don't contact swing and strike rate um 
O swing. It it looks beautiful. You could see someone who's literally getting better <laughs> as as he gets older. Um, what? So you're saying that Kyle Higashioka is no threat, James? How dare you? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I do I do love the skill set. He doesn't strike out much. Um, although the swing and strike rate. 9% to the K rate, 12% might go up a little bit, but still nothing to where I think it's going to be um, terrible. Uh, the max EV could be a little bit more exciting than the 107.6. I think it's career is 108.9. Um, I like to see him rip a ball a little harder than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I totally agree with your line too. Um, that's like kind of like my line in the sand. I never got to that line, James. I always beat, I, like you said, I always, uh, I guess maybe that's secretly telling me I don't like Camposano as much, or because I always just like no, you, were, no. you didn't want to, you weren't willing to risk getting to that line. Right, right. I wasn't risk because also too, if someone beats you to him, then then I'm like, oh my god, I don't yeah. want, I don't want anyone else after that. As well, I mean, I do, but I don't, you know. Then it's kind of an extra resource in DC has to go to my catcher. I feel like if I get the next guy that is my C2, I'm more likely to get a C3, um, you know, mm-hmm. earlier than I would want to. Yeah. I just, I kind of, when I, the one guy I ended up with uh, as my catcher too, and I didn't get Camposano was Alejandro Kirk, um, which is, you know, it's just, it's fine. But, um, you know, I, I feel kind of naked if I have to do worse <laughs> than that at, at catcher two. Um, yeah. what did you make of, uh, what do you make of Mitch Garver here? Obviously I don't think there's any ADP data from since he signed, uh, with Seattle, but, um, anything to say here? I mean, it's just kind of a low, a low quantity, high quality type of guy. Yeah. I mean, I loved him, you know, last year I had so much Mitch Garver because he also started the season with that UT only. Yep. And everyone was scared to draft him. And he was, I got so much of him in the 450s because I loved, like you said, per plate appearance level of what he could do. He does, like, for a catcher, he keeps the strikeout in check, got better the last three years, walked a ton, hit the ball extremely hard. Um, and we were all dreaming on the what if this guy played X amount of games? But at, like last year, I picked 400. You, you didn't care. Um, you, you plugged him in a catcher when he became eligible. Um, and on some teams, my offense was so bad that he was UT good enough. Um, but like you said, it's very high output in such a small range of uh, plate appearances. I think Steamer and depth charts are being very generous with the 518. Yeah. Um, considering he'd never had more than 359 last year, it was 344. That was his second career high. And I think there's nothing wrong, like, it's a fantastic profile, but if you don't get that per plate appearance thought from him, um, you're not going to get the volume. So then it could be a 13 home run hitter, (laughs) you know, like 14 very easily. And that's not something I'm spending in this range to get uh, translating, going to what you were saying about what other things um, I usually get pitchers a little earlier and I come back to them around this range after 200 is where yeah. I come back to starting pitching. So that's, uh, that's another reason why I want to have catcher done because I just yeah. want to just, just be able to focus on that. So, and, and I don't know if it's good to have some kind of path that you'd like to take, because I think 
you know, we can get like a little tunnel visioned into the way we want to draft, but um, that's the way I feel comfortable. So, yeah, I, 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 I think I like I like Garver too because I think he's got the best X uh, Twitter handles, Garf Sauce. I think it's fucking hysterical. But um, I love everything about Mitch, but not this price, man. Too much, too much. Yeah, I mean, I think those those sort of paths that you follow um that you kind of retread in a in a snake draft um i like it i get comfortable with kind of um just knowing exactly where to go um you know the one major drawback with that kind of approach is like you know if you if you're just always taking a pitcher in round like four or whatever like i like i might be or um like i remember the year that or two years ago when aaron judge was just the best like i just never took aaron judge because i think i was always taking a pitcher mm-hmm. there like that that's where you can get into trouble with just kind of going down the same path every time you might not have any exposure to one of the best breakouts in the game um but i i just feel very comfortable building that way and like you just sort of said i like having the freedom kind of around pick 200 to just go like four starting pitchers in a row um just get a bunch of my favorite guys in that range and not have to worry about, Oh crap. I got to grab my catcher. Yep. Without a doubt. Uh, Tyler Stevenson's got a ADP of 222. I've never rostered him. Um, he uh, just doesn't have the per plate appearance, per plate appearance juice uh, hit a career high 13 homers last year. And, you know, I'm always just kind of worried you know, one concussion could mean like a two month absence for Stevenson. Um, so not a guy I've ever really had that much interest in. Um, we can just keep moving unless you want to say something about Stevenson. Yeah. Same thing. Um, I think he's, he made some like incremental, you know, improvements, but mm, I think that, uh, I think he even steals some time at the beginning of last year at the age and that's not going to happen again on this team. So, no. um, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's a solid pick, if if you end up with him. Um, but just don't expect, uh, you know, anything really to just all of a sudden come come into effect. He is what he is, and like you mentioned, that concussion stuff is definitely serious. Henry Davis is the oh, first boy. guy we're talking about that does not have catcher eligibility heading into the season. Um, obviously, Andy Rodriguez, uh, you know, sad that uh, he's not going to play, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it obviously opens up a chance for Davis to regain that catch eligibility pretty early in the season. Uh, I thought Davis was a fairly appealing pick at his cost as an outfielder. Um, you know, the playing time maybe goes down a little or, or does it? I don't, I don't know. What, what do you make of, the idea of taking Henry Davis in the middle of the two hundreds and transitioning him into being one of your catchers, uh, ideally kind of by the end of April, early May. I think, all right. So here's, uh, full disclosure. It happened and, you know, we heard the news. I mean, the news came out kind of, there was like secondary news that they were confirming that he was going to come in to be catcher. Um, so I was thinking about it for a good amount of time. Um, and I said, yeah, 
I, I, I am going to do this in my then draft I had going on. It was an MTM fast draft. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm taking, I'm taking Henry as my C2 and, uh, we'll worry about it afterwards. Right. So now the thing is in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just wait, you know, and, and I'll try to go to an Yvonne Herrera range, like 450, maybe even further than that to get my second, you know, catcher before Henry. Yeah. Henry Davis gets it. And then there's like this fear that creeps inside of you, James. And yeah. it's like, but, but, but what if he doesn't get catcher Rob? what are you going to do then? <laughs> and, and that man, that little message I said out loud to myself, it's good to talk to yourself in the office too. By the way, I talk to my dog cause sometimes I just got to say it verbally and then it hits me harder. And I'm like, Oh man, this could be, you know, this could be a bad thing. And then, um, so I kind of, freaked out a little bit i took jan gomes at like pick 380 just because i was like all right i'm i'm and then i'm like man i i don't know if i like this route because in the meatball um discord in the pull hitter patreon discord we're drafting a team together and we went this route with henry davis and we kind of waited uh, maybe a little too long for that real catcher too and i'm like oh this is where it can get bad um so then in my next dc james i did a 400 dc and i said you know what I'm going to do the same fucking thing, but this time I'm going to wait. And, um, I got Henry Davis. I picked 245. Uh, and then I waited a little longer than the Gomez pick. I got Travis Darno at pick 425 in round 29. So I feel good about that because I feel good in what Travis does on a per plate appearance level. And mm -hmm. if Davis does get to it, um, but Davis himself, the skill set, I'm like for a catcher, if you just take his projection right now, um and throw it into an sgp he comes out to have um pretty much a similar suit as jonah himes but um i think that his skill set is is i think he'll get some more steals out of him and that'll boost his value up um but i like davis a lot and i think that um i don't know i i'm i'm concerned about the defensive stuff because mm -hmm. You know, but I don't know. I, I'm. I guess I'm. This is something in in my head. I'm drawing up as as being. I thought it was going to be easy to do draft wise, and then in draft, I said there's a little bit of a fear that you're not going to get this catcher. <laughs> yeah, I might not attempt it, um, but you know, prop. I, you know, I think it's nice. It's a nice thing to have if you took Davis before the news. Um, but he, you know, I talked about him on a pod a week or two ago just i think he's like a classic sort of post type breakout candidate um based on what he did in the minor leagues and then how poor the big league numbers were um that was when my draft was and i heard you and dylan both saying it. i'm like yeah baby i feel strong about this now <laughs> dylan and james like backing me up fuck yeah hit that button rob <laughs> draft henry davis <laughs> twice in a row <laughs> wow i can i can promise you that Neither Dylan or I put our money where our mouth was on that one yet. Um, so. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You don't have to because I know, like, you don't say it and you won't follow up on it. So I, I anything you say, you're really, tr you know, um, upfront about and honest. And you're not hiding anything. So I know that you would if you had to. So, um, so that's why. I, I kicked myself. Um, I remember – Slack, Slack was all over Elias Diaz last year, right? You might have mm. been. Um, but I, I kicked myself for not being on him. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, I went, it was one of those where I just kind of didn't do the 
full dive I needed to. And then I went back and looked after the fact after I saw smart people were taking him. And I was like, oh, yeah, crap. I That was a good good late catch or two option last year. Um, any interest in Elias Diaz going in the middle of the 200s this year? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, yeah. It's just very blah to me of yeah. a profile. Uh, he still hits the ball on the ground a ton. Um, there's nothing special with the power output. It's below league average. I could see him easily going back to nine homers and batting 240. Um, yeah. And I don't want any part of that. And I believe they do have some options down down the farm, right? That 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 might be knocking on the door. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it happens where he loses a bunch of PT, but I just don't see the skill set warranting um, this pick. I mean, it's 81 WRC plus. It's terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's. Uh, I hope. I, I hope he's not your catcher one. Um, you know, and I think you could just get better way before this, or just wait wait longer. Wait yeah. longer and 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 pick and pick and pick another bat. Yeah, I think Ryan Jeffers is a solid fallback uh, yep. option here. Absolutely, uh, he's going at two fifty seven. Uh, what about Shay Langoliers? Like I, this is one where I, I don't hate the idea of like, if it was just a worst case scenario, having him as like my catcher too, just because I do see a path for uh, 20 plus homers but i also just don't know if i'd be brave enough to do that because i also see a path to a 200 average again um what do you think about langoliers yeah langoliers is one of those guys where i think um i've told myself okay like if it happens to be that i don't get this second catcher um hopefully my build like it might be almost like a pivot to like trying to have a build where i can take Langoliers deep, um, but the power is insane. And what I love about him, because you know, it's definitely the park. The park, everyone talks about the park. But um, the one thing good about Langoliers is that he, uh, first of all, he just drops bombs. Um, his fly ball distance is over 330 feet, but he pulls. Um, he pulls a good amount of his fly balls. He pulls uh, 41 percent of his fly balls last year. Uh, league average is 27. And he does damage on that. And um, I like that. So if you're not going to have a good park, uh, make it make it worth it and, and pull the ball um, down down the easiest parts. Well, but um, I think he's a good option here if you if I would I wouldn't mind him as my C2 here. Yeah. Um, or like even if you do some kind of semi punt, like punt catcher, punt batting average, because I've seen. You know, because you see, you see some different approaches, um, especially in the 400 DC. You're gonna see guys playing for the league and not the overall, right. and, and they'll 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 do that. They'll have an approach where they will just like, I'll, I'll just take this massive power, and I'll I'll just semi punt batting average and catcher, and they might just say, hey, let me get Mitch Gar- um, Ryan Jeffers and Langoliers, right, and just try to smash 45 homers that way. You know? Yeah, it's not even the park with Langoliers that has me worried. It's the lineup. Like the I, lineup, I compare, yeah. Compare him, like to me, he he could be bad lineup Cal Raleigh, um, and those parks aren't even really any different. Um, mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's it's tough. Like uh, anytime I like the skills of any Oakland Athletic, 
I have to just remind myself of who his teammates are going to be. Um, <laughs> Danny Danny Jansen's got a 265 ADP. Uh, his 301 plate appearances last year were his most since 2000 tw- since 2019. Um, I've been on Jansen for probably too long, and this is the year where I'm probably not going to have any of them. Um, just a very, very frustrating guy to have in NFBC leagues where, you know, you like in fab leagues, I think there were multiple leagues where I had him and dropped him and added him and dropped him again. Um, just one of those guys um, where it's kind of a headache. Yeah, he definitely has a headache. Um, tantalizing skill set. Yep. Without a doubt. Um, I don't have him in any DCs, but I got him in about three gladiators. Because um, in gladiators, he tends to like, kind of fall sometimes. Um, I see I got him at 270, 273. So, um, and like one one team, I just waited and got him and Jeffers um, as my two catchers. But yeah, I mean, if... It, it is very frustrating. If he ever just stays on the field, man, I mean, just just insane power. And also, too, if you just look at his contact and his zone contact, if you just like K percentage and swing a strike, if you just frame that and there wasn't a name next to his name, you wouldn't think it would be a catcher that's always hurt. You'd probably think it was just a perennial 280 hitter, <laughs> you know? Uh, he just has such good dis- – everything. Everything is super yeah. good. On, his, on my spreadsheet, there's like nothing – nothing that's red um <laughs> except for you know if, games played if i formatted that one but uh every everything else is green yeah i mean there i know there are some drafters who care much less about injury track record with guys than i do and if you're one of those people in jansen like you said if you just kind of look at the, the stats and performance uh just excellent um now Alejandro Kirk, his teammate, uh, I mentioned he's my worst catcher two through five drafts. He's got an ADP with 270. Um, this is kind of where the real, like, edge of the cliff is for me. Like, if um, if I haven't gotten, you know, if I haven't gotten Camposano or Jeffers or Langoliers, like, I would maybe reach on Kirk, like, a round ahead of ADP just to kind of um, – protect myself from from not getting him um now this is a mega slide for a guy like this especially a guy who based on his age should be kind of in the middle of his prime um any reason to kind of target him and and buy the dip uh i feel like his defense gives him an okay floor um but Mm -hmm. what what do you think about i um i just haven't gone there man um and I'm not saying it's a bad pick uh, by any means, because um, it's a it might be one of those safe profiles. Like you said, he just won't hurt your batting average. But I don't know, man. It's just this to me. It's it's such weak um, weak quality of contact. Uh, it's like everything is going the wrong way for him. Um, so. I do have like a like a very small like hypothesis about why his season went poorly last year is okay. just the like the the WBC um gosh I can't remember the exact details but I feel like Kirk was 
like I'm almost confident that he was like late to camp, was basically playing his way into shape last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think he maybe had an injury that like slowed him earlier in the season. Um, I, okay. This is terrible um, fantasy podcasting to not know this off the top of my head, but like I do think there's there's reasons to maybe think that Kirk is going to bounce back to, to some degree, but um, yeah, I mean like he's just the plate appearances are there's not a high ceiling of plate appearances really with Jansen there. Um, and like the power it's tough, but, um, yeah. And I, that it, it's one thing too, is that he, he doesn't swing a lot. Um, it's, uh, one of the things I really like to look at and cause I, I try not to isolate it to O swing. I try to use his own swing in unison, you know? Um, and like I, I have a zone minus O swing. I know some people do like swing decision models and stuff like that. Mine isn't as fancy. It's just zone minus O. I think and that I, that is that's like the swing decision metric. The, the zone minus O. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like people like oh, like I don't factor in should he have swung on it because they have like swing expectancy. Mm-hmm. I don't have a swing expectancy metric, or I'm not forecasting that. I'm just looking at how many like are you aggressive in the zone and do you chase and um, league average zone swing is like. And it's just that cast zone swing, 65.5%. He's 56%. So it's like, it's not, you know, I want to see some more aggressive swings there. And it's, it's it's been going down. Like his season in 2021, it was 64% and 59% and 56%. So I don't know. Um, get a little more aggressive in the zone. Maybe that is an injury thing. Maybe that's just uh, not being confident, you know, that, that you're going to put good wood on the ball. But at that point, you, sh- you shouldn't be in the game. Um. The next guy, I remember you and I chatting about um, a few months ago as well, Austin Wells. Um, I think his ADP's basically settled exactly where we thought it would, uh, late 200s. Um, I think most big league teams with aspirations would aim higher than Austin Wells. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually kind of think the Yankees plan to give him like – a lot of playing time this year. Um, Interesting. Well, I don't know. Like, I, what do you think? I, I just, I don't think he's good enough to be like a two thirds of the time guy again, like for a, a team that's trying to win games as a rookie um, when you factor in like the defense, but I know he's made some strides there, but if I remember sorting um, Yankees catchers by uh, steamer 600 war, and Wells was like last, uh, you know, behind like all the guys like Trevino, Rortvet, Higashioka before when we when he was on the team. Um, what do you, what do you think about Wells? Like, do you see the playing time being there? Do you like? There's obviously you know you look at his like his X stats and stuff. It would seem to be a potentially cheap source of like 15 to 20 homers. I can't believe you went there with the Steamer 600 thing too, because I was totally looking at that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy yeah they they had uh, a ton of uh they still have a ton of catches up there in terms of wrc plus with ben rice and jose trevino is i don't think he's i don't know he's no slouch you know he's, he's i don't know i i don't think i don't think like, he's, i could he's, see i could see aaron boone wanting trevino in there yeah cashman wanting wells in there and it, i don't know i i don't know yeah, and 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 I've seen some um, some very very smart people, very smart fantasy players who I've been in multiple drafts with, 
kind of targeting Trevino a, a little bit ahead of ADP too. Um, yeah. Feel comfortable even with maybe him being a, a, a catcher too. Um, and we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> um, Austin Wells, but Trevino is is, is a pretty solid catcher um, with the stick too. So I think. I think that we're not factoring that enough with Wells, but I totally agree. I think the power profile there with Yankee Stadium, um, he he kind of does have that approach where he can he can settle out for some good power. And but I just think there's too many question marks there. I have I haven't even thought about taking him where he is yeah. right now, and like and not that, even close. Yeah, that's why I like I said, sort of Kirk to me is just the the last. Uh, viable catcher two in 15 team leagues because i can't i can't just go the rest of these guys i can't go into the season like and it's just like this guy has to be my my guy there um like jake right. rogers is the next guy like absolutely not um i don't think we even have to talk about him uh, no jake rogers but i'll take him over wells um if okay. i had to well, choose you know sure i mean i think like rogers is like the epitome of like a catcher i just don't want any part of where it's like <laughs> you're kind of you're buying like the role in the playing time even though the role in the playing time is gonna really hurt your batting average um, like mm-hmm. Con- connor wong you mentioned you had a decent amount of him last year uh is there any room for him to like improve like do you think the stolen bases make him viable here i, I feel like it's just not not a catcher too i, I really want to go into the season with Oh man, I'm torn on him because I had a lot of him last year where he was going with his power speed profile with an easy smash. And then he and then he made it difficult some some weeks, you know, when it was uh, full-time playing time for him or maybe, you know, versus a, a part, like say him or Jansen, when it's like, oh, I'm going to get one game of Jansen and I get two of Connor Wong, which is better? And that became like a rolling theme in my head. Um, but I don't know, I... I McGuire tends to play a decent amount as well, um, especially versus righties. Um, and it might be just a little too rich for catcher two, which is why uh, I think if you end up with him, you should definitely get a stronger third, like maybe a Travis Darno uh, type that you could just platoon on and off. Um, yeah, kind him. Of, I like... I like Gomes and like Travis Darno as like punt catcher two options. Yeah. Like if if you're just going into the draft and you're saying like, I'm just not gonna be, I'm not gonna fall into that like catcher run when they're flying off the board. I'm I'm content just getting Gomes or Darno really late. Um, do you what do you, what do you think about like Patrick Bailey or Freddie Furman? Anything to talk about there before we get to uh, the NFBC hipster of the hour, Renee Pinto? Oh my gosh! Oh God, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, I, you know, Patrick Bailey is 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 pretty decent. Um, but I'm actually, you know, one of my most rostered catcher fours. I know it's a question later on, but I'll bring him up. Um, is Tom Murphy, and huh? Tom Murphy. That's, Tom that's catcher four. That's catcher four for you, huh? I would have thought he would have been yeah. like a catcher three. Yeah, I mean, he has landed as my catcher three, I think, once. But um, earlier in the season, he was, like, not getting drafted, you know, going yeah. like 720-ish. So, and that's when I'm like, ah, I don't really 
because this year I think I think we'll talk about that later. But I, I was I was like, ah, you know, maybe I won't have to get my catcher four as much this season as I normally have. But then Tom Murphy's sitting there, and I'm like, well, uh, I might as well give it a shot. I mean, um, I like Murphy's skill set. Um, his just barrel rate through the roof. Um, Ted back, you know, a pretty good seasons where with the power output, and I just think he takes just enough away from from Bailey to to make it a little bit annoying. And I don't know, does does Sable now not catch at all? Um, was he just a Gabe Kapler guy? Um, I don't know. Um, but Bailey, I'm just staying. I I completely stay away from. Um, I think that you could do better for your catcher too here, and I think it's way too early to start picking your C three. All right, so mentioned Renee Pinto. Uh, did you have anything to say about Freddie Furman? Freddie Furman is, you know, he's, he seems to be a guy that has a lot of um, a lot of people excited, you know. Um, nobody has bad things to say about Freddie Furman, and it's pretty, I mean, I don't like to say bad things about anybody, um, but this guy just kind of came out of nowhere, um, at least in my eyes he did, and I don't know what what are we really projecting him for at this high of an ADP? Like we already talked about how Sally P is not going to come out of the game. So you, I think you're wish casting a Sal Perez trade when you're when you're backing hey, you can, on Rob. Freddie keep Furman. talking about him. I'm going to be right back. Just keep talking about Furman. Okay. Yeah. So Freddie Furman pick 400 ADP right now. Um, as early as 352, and it's in the last 11 draft champions. Um, that have been drafted, I just don't see him getting as much PT to make that worth it. Uh, two or three times a week at best, he's going to play. Uh, Salpi played a lot of first base last year because they didn't have Vinny Pasquantino um, always manning it down, and that's going to be different this year. That's not going to be an opportunity that's always going to be there for Furman. Um, he exploded in AAA for sure, 58 plate appearances, five home runs. Um, came up to the majors and did decent, did well. Um, the skill set was okay. 780 OPS, nine home runs, and 235 plate appearances. Um, zone minus O swing, really good. Zone swing is really aggressive, 77%. O swing league average, zone contact league average. So um, a little bit better than a hitter profile, 10% bow rate. I just don't see him. Um, getting the output that we're going to want to see from him at this pick right here at this cost. Um, I could be totally wrong, you know, because I think you're also betting on Sal Perez maybe getting hurt or traded, which which would be the ultimate thing for Furman. Um, so I was just saying, James, that I, I, I think a, a lot of playing time <laughs> last year that – went to first base with Sal P is because they didn't have steady Vinny P back there all the time. And I don't think Perez goes to first as much. And I don't think Furman plays as much as people are wishing him to play with this pick. Cause this is a catcher two range to me. And I don't think he's catcher two. So yeah, I, th I think, I think he's like an overpriced, like premium catcher three almost. Yes. Without um, a doubt. Without a doubt. Now Renee Pinto at four twelve. Um, four twelve was basically his ADP over the last like three weeks. But um, I mentioned, or I heard you talking about him on on one of your recent pods and how 
like you're imagining the people that draft him just kind of like fist bumping to themselves like after they <laughs> take uh renee pinto um late in drafts uh if you know if you weren't really paying attention in september let alone august um the fact that he's going where he's going might be surprising to you so what what are people seeing in pinto yeah you know what it is too i think i think people like wh where did he in in october he was going um at 550 um but he was a lot of times being scooped up you know in the 600 range um and i just think that i guess as people dove in and saw like he just smashed the ball in september um i think that yeah i'm seeing with i guess everybody else is seeing the um 16% barrel rate and the 110 max EV and his first taste of, uh, well, second little taste of MLB played a little bit in 2022, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are, are, are we also sold that this is it for them? Like, I know they moved Beth in court, right? Um, and now the backup is, uh, I forget off the top of my head, but Alex Jackson, Alex Jackson, who, um, if, if, you know, if you want a little catcher, late catcher for, uh, he's a UT only right now, but throw him on your uh, round 50. Uh, I just made him a round 50 pick in one of my DCs, and I'm like, yes, he's, he has to he still have to get the catcher eligibility in, but I don't know. Um, I guess there's a lot about Pinto that I really like. I think he's going to be more interesting for me in fab leagues where if I do not get that second catcher, um, that, that, that maybe he's the kind of guy that I might lean on to. And if he's just not as good as he showed last year, you can just then become, you know, um, just try to pick up the next best catcher available. So I think he's more fab interesting to me than DC, especially at this pick. I liked him in that, uh, I mean, in that October 550 ADP, uh, it was definitely a thought for me, but now it's, it, it's up there. Yeah. If you, if you take him here, um, yeah, you're kind of swinging for the fences. Uh, very low floor. I think you're you're almost kind of drafting the Rays depth chart like almost more than you're drafting the player because you're looking and you're just like, well, who else is going to play? Um, but if they swing some huge deal or something to to bring in a, a really good catcher, I don't think any of us should be surprised. Um, even if we can't really pinpoint who that might be. Yep. Um, so these next two guys are are probably my two favorite catcher three targets and you mentioned herrera ivan herrera with the cardinals mm -hmm. several times uh his adp is like 478 uh i think he could could definitely be a top 20 catcher if he was getting enough playing time to kind of generate that type of production uh had a 106 0.9 90th percentile EV at AAA last year, a 113 max EV at AAA, 62% uh, stack cast hard hit rate in the big leagues last year. He's a better defender than than uh, Wilson Contreras, obviously. Uh, and then Miguel Amaya in the same division. Um, Jan Gomes is kind of counterpart there uh, with the Cubs. Uh, he's my most rostered catcher three, but I do kind of have some regrets about taking him over Herrera. Um, I know I've got Herrera in at least one league, but I do think I would take Herrera over Amaya. Um, but I also like a lot of what what Amaya showed last year. Um, yeah, he's going to be, you know, pull hitting uh, fly balls, 
really strong uh, hard hit data in the minors last year as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Amaya and Herrera? Yeah, I love both of their profiles for this and this range here. Um, I think I think they definitely are like the better C three options um, to get for sure, uh, just because of the of that upside for both of them. Um, and I feel like it's a perfect one of them, uh, one of the other to pair with a Danny Jansen or a Mitch Garver, who where the plate appearance might not be there. Um, in the long, you know, through injuries and that's a perfect two guys to plug in. I think that will kind of match their output on a per plate appearance level and um, also have that ability to, 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 to like return what they were drafted for, you know, if, if given the PT. So I'd like those two shots right there for sure. Yeah. I think the only way that I would have a worse or the only way I would have a catcher two below Alejandro Kirk in ADP is if there was a injury to Contreras or Gomes that led to me assuming Herrera or Amaya would be a top of depth chart heading an opening day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the only catcher prospects that I thought were even worth mentioning um, for 2024 were Ben Rice with the Yankees, who you mentioned in passing, uh, Hefferson Caro with the Brewers, and Kyle Teal with the Red Sox. Uh, ben Rice, you know, you're, you're not going to find a scouting report that says he can stick a catcher uh but the the production at double a was just so crazy that he's kind of like a low probability upside play uh caro you know i, I think i've heard uh someone maybe on your pod mentioned taking caro as like a, a Contreras handcuff like if you take carol super late if you already mm-hmm. took uh, william Contreras, that makes a little bit of sense to me although i don't think you see caro up until late August probably. And then uh, Kyle Teal with the Red Sox. He was their first round pick this past year. Um, like he might be Boston's best catcher by June. Um, but I don't know if that means they would actually start his clock then. Uh, do you have any interest in any of these catcher prospects? This this isn't usually an area where I'm investing. Um, I did. I, I only saw him once, but I saw Ben Rice live in, in Somerset. And um, he kind of gave me that like Bryson Stott vibe I had when I watched Stott a lot in the minors um, here locally. And he just seems like baseball was very natural and easy for him. He just seemed like he belonged on the field. Um, I, I, I had trouble believing that he was like only at that level, I guess, watching him play. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, and then like, on a whole, too, I, I took him, I think I have him on two DCs. Um, an hour that took him way too early. I got, I was super excited with no ADP. You have no idea what people are doing. And I think I was just like looking at overall minor league data and I was like, I'm grabbing this kid now. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think he seems like a bat that the Yankees are going to want in their lineup unless he doesn't keep progressing to, I know he's 24, he's going to be 25. Um, in February, I don't know. Watching him live, I saw so much that I liked. He just seems so smooth, you know. It's really know. easy to fall in love with his swing. Um, yes, that's. I think that's what it is. I'm a big. When swing you guy. like, it's it's like a really violent, uh, 
like the amount of violence in his swing and then you look at the strikeout rate and it's pretty exciting. Yes. Um, but it's just, you know, he's um, the fact that he's as old as he is. Um, yeah. They don't really have, I mean, they do kind of have a bit of a log jam to me. Yeah. Like it, if, if Ben Rice, like if there were any scouting reports that said Ben Rice is a like average defensive catcher, then I would be like, well, yeah, he's better than Austin Wells then. Um, but I just, it doesn't seem like anyone thinks that he can catch really. Um, yeah. So he will, he's one of those guys where like he'll definitely have the catcher eligibility you hope when he debuts and he might not have it the next year. Um, but I almost feel like, you know, like they don't, they're they're blocking my guy Everson Pereira. Um, they're, you know, they're probably going to uh, go into the year with like Oswald Peraza in like a bench role. They, you know, Stanton hasn't been bought out yet, so it's just kind of even if Ben Rice is deserving of like DH playing time or something like that, um, maybe even maybe it's like an Anthony Rizzo injury that he needs or something. I was just going to uh, ask you if he's good enough to, to back that up, but on, but on the same sense too, he'd have to be really good. Cause the Yankees are probably like, well, you know, we just got soda. We can't just replace Anthony Rizzo with Ben Rice. So maybe we'll just go get a veteran. I don't know. I, I ran through that in my head <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, man, we we're uh, here. We are we're at, we're at about the two hour mark. Um, so now it's, it's time for you to unveil any any favorite fourth catcher targets uh, that you are looking at in your DCs that we, we haven't touched on yet. Um, yeah, so I I did mention um, Tom Murphy. Yep. Um, it's just a guy I really like. Uh, I just think the power is there, and he's got a real good approach. Um, and I think given enough at bats, he can really be really really resourceful um down there um another guy uh is max dassey on on the angels um but he's been more um oh sorry uh matt Tice on the angels because i do think that uh that, that yeah like i mentioned i think i think ohapi is gonna dh a lot and i just like his power output um as a fourth catcher uh every now and then um and that's about it, really. I mean, I'm really staying away from the bottom pile here, unless it's the case of a couple of players. Oh, um, and I have a lot of James McCann as my as my C four. That's and I don't think there's anything special about him. I just think that you know Rutschman plays a, a good amount of DH in first base, and um, McCann is is not going to be terrible for you if you just need an emergency you know fourth catcher so that's been the guys that i tend to go to um i don't know i was gonna ask you do you, is carson kelly sneaky for you or no or are you done with him uh i i just don't i don't go into that range of the catcher pool <laughs> yeah yeah um, yep, yep. like uh, yeah, yeah. i i think was it uh um, was it Richard Sands that we were talking about or talking with in the Discord? I, I remember someone in your Discord asked me about something to do with like late catchers, and I was just like, never take a fourth catcher. And then in the same like chat area, you were like talking about how you like taking fourth catchers, and um, <laughs> so we we were like giving him like the exact opposite uh, <laughs> advice. Um, 
so to me, it's like I the whole point of using high picks or not the whole point. Um, part of the point of using high picks on catchers to yeah. be in a DC is then you're not taking four catchers and you might, you like in DCs last year where I went like Rio Muto Smith or, you know, uh, Rio Muto Contreras or something, I didn't even take a third catcher. Um, and that's like part of the appeal of taking them up top is you're, you're, you get an extra roster spot to, to put towards another position. And then there's also just the, like in my experience, when I, when I have a fourth, I don't even know if I, the last time I had a fourth catcher, but even when I have like a mediocre third catcher, um, it just, even if there's a chance for me to like plug them in, it, it sometimes ends up being a negative because they might go like two for 21 while they're in my lineup. Mm. And then, um, you know, so yeah. it's just, to yeah. me, I'm, I don't feel any more safe by having like a Carson Kelly um, because to me, like if, if I'm plugging him in, then like I'm screwed anyways. Um, but have you had like other times where you can sort of think about where you took a fourth catcher and it was like, that, that was, that was a key move by you at the end of the draft. Um, so I guess, cause I got kind of biased last year because I had a lot of Connor Wong and it was super useful for me. Um, even like I said, even on teams where uh, I had a pretty strong second catcher like Danny Jansen, where he just he pushed himself onto some scoring periods, like being a start. Um, never, you know, he'll never overtake JTR or you know Contreras. He's not going to sit those guys um, unless unless Wong is is playing in Colorado or just has just just playing piss poor pitchers. Um, this year, more than normal, I am not in my brain having to uh, strictly get a fourth catcher i've been okay with just attempting three um and one team that i did draft for thank god i did because my second catcher is andy rodriguez um so <laughs> i'm super i'm so i'm super happy i went for there um but yeah no this season I, i'm not really like keyed in as to getting four last year too was the first year i experimented with that with like let me just roll with three um especially on teams where i had jtr Contreras or jtr will smith or jtr and and, and salpy any combination of those guys at the top you're 100 right that is one of the points is to not have to take that fourth guy so um definitely feel a little bit more comfortable not having to go and rush and do that but i feel like if my if i don't feel strong about my catcher too that's when i'm more likely to go ahead and grab uh that fourth guy rob this has been uh awesome um yeah man, appreciate always. you taking the the time uh why don't you let people know uh where they can support your work and get access to all the, the great stuff you're putting out yeah, thank you, James. Always the best talking with you. Um, you're truly a legend in this game and a legend human being overall over anything. But yeah, right now you can find me on the patreon.com. You could put in pull hitter fantasy baseball into the search bar and I'm doing player breakdowns. Uh, I, I show the draft boards for my draft with no names on them. Um, but I'll tell you which team I am. I break down my draft on podcast and a lot of fun stuff. You get access to the Discord, like we mentioned before, once you sign up. Um, I got three tiers right now, but I'm going to shrink them down to two in the new years. And I got some new stuff coming out. I'm laying out all the 
news for the new year. So come check it out. You can even get in for a free weekly trial to see how you like it. You also get the every other launch angle pod that I do with Rob Silver and Jeff Zimmerman goes into the Patreon. So one is public and the next one is on the Patreon. So you get all that um, at the entry level. And um, that's where uh, all my stuff is right now. And at Deadpool Hitter on Twitter. Awesome, Rob. Well, uh, like I said, thanks again. Uh, I hope we gave the people everything they need um, to, to make the right calls at the catch position this year. Um, and I uh, always enjoy talking with you, man. I'm sure we'll be uh, chatting again soon offline, but uh, really appreciate it again. And thanks to everyone who listened. Uh, go sign up for uh, Rotowire 2024 baseball kit at rotowire.com.